And let's start with a word of prayer. Once you get there, let me know. Look at me. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time that we have together. I'd ask you, Lord Jesus, that you just please bless our um, our uh, uh, travel through Proverbs. God, may your hand of mercy be upon each of us, Lord, as we try to determine what you want us to do with our lives. And may we be faithful to those things that you've given us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Chloe, hand me my Bible, please. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, we learned last week about what specific woman, specific woman we learned about last week. Okay. Strange woman. What's another word for it? Was she married? Yes, she was. The Bible says that she had a uh, man had gone out of the house and he had taken a bag of money. And he was going to come on the day appointed and uh, basically kind of defines what the uh, children of Israel were like. They were literally uh, adulterers, adulteresses, in the sense that they knew God was there. They knew that he was didn't expect them to go after other gods, but they did it anyway. It's amazing how many Christians take their walk with God for granted. And then when they don't have the walk with God and they see God's judgment upon their life, they start to say, oh, what's happening here, God? Why are you making this happen to me? you got to be careful with that. I know myself included that I've been times in my life where I have been so uh, distraught about what's happening in my life and it's really all due to account of what I've done with my life and how I've decided to be obedient to the cause of Christ. All right, so we're going to start in verse uh, 1 and 2. It says, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? Verse 2. She standeth in the top of the high places, by the way, in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the doors, at the coming in at the doors. All right, so we've got some things that I want to take apart right now. And the first thing I want you to look at is the understanding of the difference between wisdom and sin. Wisdom and what is wisdom called? What is wisdom doing? She's what? She's very public, right? What do you find a lot of times with sin? It's secret, okay? There is a, there is a difference there. Uh, you say, Brother Harold, what do you mean? I mean, when you get up in the morning and you do things, you have your devotions, uh, your kids need to see that. Um, when you get up in the morning... A lot of times, like me, kids don't see me sometimes for a couple days because I get up early and get back late. But the thing is, is you got to be what? Very public in what God wants you to do. you got to show the wisdom that God's given you. It's a public acknowledgement of what God's given you to do. You're not just sitting there and uh, avoiding it. You're not just doing it completely in secret. You're doing it every day. It's something that's a consistent thing. Now, people that are living in sin and doing things that are wrong, they know it's wrong. What do they do? They try to hide it, don't they? Now, I'm going to take a point a little bit off the course. And I want you to look at this aspect of giving. The Bible tells us that you shouldn't let left hand know what the right hand's doing. That's the only really time that you need to do it in secrecy. Why? Because if you give, 
for the wrong reasons, what are you doing? Are you doing it to glorify the Lord? Yes, you're doing it to glorify yourself. So we need to keep that in mind. But the Bible's very clear here is the difference between what wisdom does. She cries. She puts forth her voice. She standeth in the top of the high places, by the way, in the place of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming of the doors. There is a very open concept of what wisdom is. She's not something that you hide. The Bible's, uh, there's the old song. Sassar Jr. wants to sing it with me, right? This little light of mine. You know that song, right, bud? Sang it into your church a few times, didn't you? I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. What, girls? Let's do it better than that. Hide. Okay, I got it now. I'm wide awake. I hope everybody else is as well. But here's a, here's a song that's illustrating the idea that your witness should be public, shouldn't it? Your ideology should be public. Wisdom isn't something that you hide. It should be something that you'd be willing to share with others. Um, there are some places you don't need to share. The Bible talks about sharing as it talks about the fool. Uh, it says... Uh, it says in Matthew chapter 7, it talks about the idea of casting your pearls before swine. It talks about uh, casting, uh, uh, casting your pearls or be trodden by dogs, I think is what it was, or pigs. The idea there is that there are sometimes you've got to be careful what you're saying because people are not going to take it. But with the Holy Spirit's leading, you should be what? Be willing to give out a public opportunity of your witness to Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are times that are better than others. Sometimes people might be taken aback. Now, Brother Oscar uh, is in uh, Ubers, and he's got opportunities every day to witness to people that get into his car. Um, uh, sometimes you just got to be careful when you're doing it. Do it when the Lord leads you to. Not when you want to, but when the Lord leads you to. So the importance there is what? Wisdom crying. Now, there's a couple places. Where do we find wisdom? Okay, so let's go just kind of pick it apart. It says, does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Here's a couple things. She standeth in the top of the high places by the way, by the way in the places of the past. She crieth the gates at the entry of the city at the coming in at the doors. She's always at the beginning. Okay, she's not at the end. She's always what? At the forefront. Christians want to take wisdom after they've already messed up. She's crying. She's giving you ideas. She's giving you things that you should be doing. I say I use wisdom in the female sense because that's what the Bible calls her. Uh, wisdom is a female. But the idea there is what? She's constantly crying out to you. Here, this is what you need to do. The Bible is very clear about our conscience. Our conscience is constantly telling us, hey, this is right. This is wrong. We need to be faithful to what God's given us to do. You can't do this. You can do this. You should do this. When you're looking at your Christian walk, do you say, boy, I'm always taking the side of wisdom? Or instead, are you waiting for wisdom until you absolutely need it? Your Bible should be what? 
your primary source of wisdom. If you don't have your Bible, let me tell you something. You're going to be just like some of these simple people in, in the Bible that Proverbs talks about. You're going to be the one that's going to be deceived. You're going to be the one that's going to be gullible. You're going to be the one that's going to be taken. Why? Because you're constantly drawn to the thing that does not garnish with wisdom. Wisdom is important. It's the principal thing. It says in verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 4, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. There's an understanding there as a Christian that you're going to be what? It's going to be something that's going to be very close to you. It's not going to be something that you're going to decline or deny. It's going to be something that's very important to you. So we move on here, as we find here in in, uh, this chapter. It says here, make sure I got this right stuff. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 21. I just want to uh, kind of compare here. Another spot where we find it, uh, let's go back a couple verses. It says in verse 19, I'll start in verse 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief places of the concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her word, saying, how long ye simple ones. Again, it's a, just a what? A re-illustrating the importance of what? wisdom is doing she's constantly contrasting herself from the secrecy and the intrigues of the wicked adulterers someone that's constantly showing who they are and then we move on to the next verse in chapter 8 it says in verse 4 unto you O men i will call my voice is unto the sons of men and verse 5 O ye simple understand wisdom and ye fools be of an understanding heart Okay, here we go. I've defined it a couple times. So what is what is being simple? Someone give me a definition of being simple. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Someone innocent, uh, easily misled, or ignorant. Okay. I, I'll, I The best way to describe a simple person is like saying you have an empty cup here and then you have a full cup, okay? A simple person is someone who literally has nothing in their cup, okay? They're like a sponge. Little children could be considered simple, right? Uh, you look look at Katie and Callie and, and even some of the uh, my older children. They are simple, they're a sponge. You can give them all kinds of things. They, they like to take whatever they learn and, and apply it. You say, why do kids play all the time? They like to play because they like to emulate what they're seeing. They like to act it out because they, as, as children, they want to understand. They're constantly what? Being questioning things. You remember that age when your child started questioning everything? Why do they do this, Daddy? What are they doing here? What's this? Why is this? My kids still do that. And you know why? Because they need to learn. They're getting filled up. Then you got on the other end, you got the person who's a, and I call him a fool. The Bible calls it a fool. A fool is someone that's been filled up with the wrong things. 
He's constantly uh, taking the wrong side of the issue. He's constantly uh, shunning wisdom. He's constantly destroying his idea of what's right and what's wrong. Why? Because he is a person that is a fool. Even though he knows what's right, even though he knows what's wrong, he still applies his heart and his mind to that wrong thing. You go out in the world today and you ask the people why they're doing the things that they're doing. You go out in the riots. You go about the people that are doing drugs. You go to the people. I I, I thought it was interesting the first time uh, that I was uh, had asked one of my coworkers this when I worked at a car dealership. I asked him, I said, uh, and he was living with a woman, and I said, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's okay for you to be living in that type of sin? Now, that seemed kind of bold, but I was just trying to get a point. I says, do you think that it's okay for a child to become illegitimate? Do you think it's okay? You now living with this woman and having this adulterous or uh, uh, fornicating relationship with her, do you think that eventually that you could ha- you potentially could have a child out of this relationship? And how is that going to affect that child? And he says, well, it's awful. Because he, he grew up in, a re- in, in his home was like that. He said, I said, you know, dad's not there. Mom's kind of doing her own thing and there's no love in the relationship. I said, do you think it's better to wait until marriage and have a relationship after marriage? And he says, yeah, he agrees with it. I said, then why are you not doing it? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Why? They know what wisdom is. You can ask an alcoholic, is alcohol good for you? No, it's awful. Uh, you can ask a person that's doing drugs, do you want to keep doing these drugs? No, I, I wish I could stop. And you know what? They keep doing it. Now, some of it's an addiction that they can't get away from. But the bottom line is, is that people that, have, uh, uh, that are foolish are literally drawn to the wrong side of the issue. They're literally taking it to the, um, the furthest extreme than they should. So are you a simple person? Are you a person that's a glass full of the wrong things? Or are you a person that's, I'm sorry, are you a simple person that has nothing, a glass empty? Or are you a foolish person that's got a glass full of uh, misunderstanding, a glass full of the wrong things? The Bible says, O ye simple, understand wisdom. Ye fools, be of an understanding heart. The interesting thing about these two differences is the first thing, it says, ye simple, understand wisdom. He's saying grasp it, right? The simple people just need to grasp it. What's with the understanding? Be of an understanding heart. People that are fools, they don't want to listen to the right thing. They're constantly uh, trying to avoid the right thing. Why? Because they know it's right but they're trying every argument they can to make it fit. They're trying to take a square peg and fit it in a round hole. You're a special kind of stupid, I would say. I love the Far Side. You remember Far Side, right, Sister Kim? The Far Side comics. And I still laugh to this day. There's this picture, and above, it's a doorway, and it's a young person, and they're pushing. And it says, pull. And above the door it said, school for the gifted. 
the understanding there is what? That young person supposed to be gifted. He's supposed to be knowing the right things, but he can't even read a simple sign on the door. And as a Christian, listen, we are ignorant of the rules that God has given us because we don't want to listen to them. We don't want to do them. We avoid them. Because why? We are fools. We're so uh, uh, caught up in our own selves and caught up in our own thoughts and caught up in our own boastings and caught up in our, our own understandings that we don't take the time to say, God, what do you say? It's pretty interesting. It says in verse 6, Here for I will speak of excellent things, the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, there is nothing forward or perverse in them. I find it interesting, the virtues of wisdom are summarized... In all things that are what? Excellent, right, true, righteous, right? As a Christian, when you, the Bible, oh man, I, I just had this conversation with someone the other day. The Bible says, let not what? Corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but to use it to the use of edifying, right? The other verse that says, um, what was it? Oh, now I just lost it. You're gone. Distracted me. Take care of it later. Uh, oh, man. What was the verse? Uh, oh, evil communications corrupt uh, our corrupt good manners. And the idea there is that your mouth should be something that is above board, right? That's what wisdom says. The Bible says that any, any idle word, we're going to have to give an account to God. And this is where this says in Proverbs, where my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Listen, the Bible is very clear that we are not to what? Trust man in its understanding. We're not to give man a, a sense of, God, uh, a sense of um, uh, uh, prevalence in our understanding. We're instead to first of all look to what God has to say. I don't trust a politician. I don't. The only person I really do trust is this word. If you can find, and you can tell me, Brother Harold, the sun is blue. Show me from God's word. I'll believe you. If you can tell me, hey, you can fly. I have not found anywhere in the word of God where it says that I can fly if I trust. Yeah? Oh boy, he is, he always, you know, he's always doing that to me. Uh, that's right, we're going to fly away. Uh, but uh, outside of the rapture, I, if you told me, Brother Harold, uh, you can fly, I might say, no, tell me where the Word of God. Now, if it says in the Word of God, then maybe I'll believe it. I'll research it, I'll find out my own, but you better show me from the Word of God. Don't trust man. Let man be true, or God be true, and every man a liar, the Bible says. It says, they are plain to him that understandeth, and write to them that findeth knowledge. The understanding there is what? Plain. How many like vanilla? Vanilla ice cream. Brother Glenn, you like vanilla? Yeah? How many like chocolate? Sister Kim's like, forget the vanilla. Chocolate is the only thing I need on a consistent basis. Okay? 
Um, my father, I could never understand it growing up. I loved chocolate. I still do to a certain aspect, but I could never understand. You know, we'd take my grandma, uh, Graham, she would, she was big fan of ice cream in the evening. I guess my, that's why I give it to my girls. We always have snack, we'll have ice cream. I always had an ice cream truck, so ice cream's my thing. But I remember one of the things that I would do, we would get chocolate syrup, and I'm making some of you hungry, and I'm putting some, some peanuts on top, and put a cherry, put some whipped cream, you're right, put some maybe butterscotch syrup on top. I don't know. What, what's uh, something you like, Cesar Jr.? All those things. Anything else that I missed? Now, that's Oscar. That's Oscar. We don't agree with you, Oscar, on that doctrine, okay? You need to find something in the Bible that says you need to put jalapenos on ice cream. But you know what? My dad would always say, why do you want to ruin that? That ice cream. Because we'd put it on vanilla ice cream. Why would you want to ruin it and put all that junk on there? It's just right. It's plain, right? It's simple, right? It's like it's like um, if the old phrase is true, that if it were a snake, it would have bit you. It's right there. But we want to try to what? Maneuver it. How many seen those uh, illustrations? I remember a while ago I saw this. It made me laugh every time. It said... Uh, uh, there was a picture of an on-off switch, and it said man next to it. And then it had a picture of all these switches and knobs and gauges and everything, and it had women next to it. And it's the truth, right? And we as we sometimes act like that. we got to do all these different things to say this is the will of God. Really, it's just simple, plain truth, right? The Bible gives it in such a, a simple... They say that a fourth grader can understand it. It's plain. Receive my instruction, not silver, and knowledge, then choice gold. It's the comparison in verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. So when we take an understanding here, the idea that uh, wisdom is valuable, the Bible takes it to the next level and tries to equate the understanding of monetary value. I don't know about you, um, Sister Kim. You like? Do you like jewelry? Yeah, you'd like a pair of nice ruby. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. My wife won't wear rubies because she's got red hair. Uh, but would you wear ruby earrings? No, ruby's not your thing. But they're nice, right? You think about any jewelry, it's something nice. Rubies were were considered very precious in uh, the times of Solomon. Uh, I don't know about you. When I went out and bought my wife her diamond ring. Uh, she was elated when I gave it to her, maybe because she realized that uh, I was actually going to marry her. Um, but no, she put that diamond, boy, that's something special. You think about the idea of gold, man, it was so expensive. Especially as a young person, uh, finding a diamond ring and finding the right one and, and then the gold on top of it. I can't imagine uh, the Bible says that wisdom has more value than gold. Wisdom has more value than jewelry or, or, or precious stones or precious substance. There's an understanding there that it's something that you want to gain. Verse 12, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out the knowledge of witty inventions. Uh, the reality is, is that as a Christian, I, I always kind of wonder this, if we're going to keep, the further we get away from God, 
the the uh, least amount of uh, uh, um, helpful inventions are going to be made. It's interesting if you go back to the turn of the century when some of the uh, breakthroughs in science and things of that nature were made by men and women who were not just scientists, but they were also Christians. They literally knew uh, what the Bible taught. And because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, they were able to what? Come to some conclusions. Right? There's an, uh, how many know the man that invented penicillin? It was an accident, wasn't it? And it's all through the hand of God. The man was a Christian. It's interesting if you read some of the the, uh, inventions of the turn of the century. All was done by Christians. All right, let's move on. Um, This is 10-11. Let's see here. Oh, here's a here's a good one. Verse eight. I'm sorry. Chapter th- uh, chapter eight, verse thirteen. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. That's got a couple of things that I want you to kind of turn to, and we've already gone over a couple of them. But Proverbs chapter six, sixteen through nineteen. Does it seem like it's kind of comparing itself here? A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that despiseth a wicked imagination, and feet that be swift to running to mischief. Those are the seven things that the Lord hates. You go back here and we find the same thing. What do we find? Wisdom hates what God hates. It says right here, uh, for the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Wisdom is literally hand in hand with what the Lord wants you to do. I used to remember my dad, uh, <laughs> he would always say that the will of God never contradicts. And I love that phrase because why? Uh, someone gives you an excuse, well I couldn't get up in the morning and have my devotions because I had to get up too early. Does the will of God ever contradict? You had to be at work on time, but God also wants you to be able to have your devotions as well. Can you be able to ask God to give you that ability to do that? Sure can. God's will never contradicts. There's no excuse that can say, well, I had to be doing this and I had to be doing that. If they're both the will of God, will God allow you to be able to accomplish that? Or is it because your flesh and your desire not to understand wisdom that you're going to be able to be distracted from what God wants you to do? All right. Are you folks with me tonight? You guys look like I need to do some jumping jacks. Got a few yawns. Maybe I just need to. Maybe I need to give a few illustrations every once in a while. All right. We're gonna move on. Uh, turn. Tur- let's go a few pages here. Oh, I, let's go back to verse uh, 8, or chapter 8. Uh, let's see here. This is, this is one that I thought was kind of interesting for you flat earthers out there. Here we go. 
Verse 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep and the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. That word compass uh, means inscribed a circle. All right? Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22. Inscribed in a circle. Going the wrong way. Isaiah 40 and verse 22. Let's start in verse 21. Says, Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretch out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. So you folks out there, you need to apologize to me about these flat earth uh, uh, ideas. <laughs> you know, you're shooting into a pack of wolves and the one that's hit howls. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time, brother. Just giving you a hard time. All right. Yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. Just giving you a hard time. I know. I know. All right. I'm not going to get into that de debate. All right. One last verse, and I want to kind of uh, dwell on. It says uh, in verse 31, uh, chapter 8. It says, Rejoice in the inhabitable parts of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth, uh, that heareth me and watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall f obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me, what? Love death. And I think that's something I would like to close on. Literally, wisdom is what? It's a source of life. As a Christian, when you're uh, thinking about doing wrong and you're thinking about avoiding some traditional ways that, oh, well, we've kept it for all these years, but it's not that important. Listen to me. The Bible is very clear here. It says, But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All thee that hate me love death. You're literally what? Causing your own demise. When you're constantly being bombarded by allowing sin to become a part of your life, you're constantly telling yourself, hey, it's okay to sin. It's okay to live this life. It's okay to do what I want to do. Want to do. And uh, I can do what I want to do. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to, uh, uh, my dad would have rules in our home. And when I left that home, I set up my own rules. It's interesting that a lot of parents, once they start having children, they realize, oh, I see why these rules are the way they are. I understand why these rules are important. 
It says, hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. And it says the Bible, blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. As a Christian, we need to be careful that we're not what? Uh, allowing for uh, things to come in that are going to what? Deride us from the understanding wisdom. It's interesting here that it starts out with uh, saying where, where the man's going to find wisdom. It says here in the first part, it says she in verse 3, she cries at the gates at the entry of the city at the coming of the, the doors. And then it says in verse 34, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. It's the entryway. It's the beginning of your life or the beginning of your day. It's something that you literally are just waiting for it to come in. It's not going to be something that's going to be at the back end of your life or the back end of your day. It's going to be something at the very beginning. It's someone that's waiting for it. The early bird gets the worm, they, they say. And it's the same with true with wisdom. You're going to what? You're going to apply your heart to the very beginning of your day. Uh-oh, did, did one of my phrases go, go haywire in Spanish? The, Oh, the early bird gets the worm? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have, have to learn all those uh, idioms that we all have different in different languages. Um, but the understanding here is what? You as a Christian, you're going to what? Wake up early and say, God, help me with my day. You know, I, I, try, to, I try to do this in even my job. You say, how does that work? When you get up in the morning and you know there's something that you're going to struggle with, you know there's something that you're going to have a hard time with, maybe it could be something as simple as just waking up on time. Uh, right, kids? Right? Just waking up on time. Right, Daniel? You don't have a problem with that, do you? Does your mom have to wake you up in the morning? She does, doesn't she? Don't do this because she does. What about Sam? You pretty good? No, you're not awake. Don't like to wake up in the morning. I think I think Sam probably needs to get the water dumped on his head, right? A few times, right, Esther? We as Christians, we can get what, bogged down in our lifestyle and how we want to live it. But really, what it comes down to is if you really want to serve God or you don't. Do you want to be faithful to God or you don't? And if you really want to be faithful to God, it starts with crying out to God. God, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Maybe there's somebody that you have a hard time with at work. Or maybe it's someone, even you kids. You have a hard time with one of your, with one of your family members. Right, kids? That's, that's not true, right? Right, Adeline? You don't have a problem with any of your family members. Called Cassie this morning. This is just a little story on our, your pastor's family. And as I was... Uh, sitting there and I was talking to my wife and I heard this I said what are they fighting about and uh, she told me something about the bowls and cereal and something of that nature someone had one bowl that they shouldn't have had and I thought boy how easy would it be if one of my children would just say you know what I'm going to be a blessing here I'm going to you know what I'm just going to give you this bowl Boy, it shocked your other sister so bad, she might want to do the same thing back, right? And the understanding there is what? You're asking God to do it, because you can't do it in the flesh, can you, kids? Sam, is it hard sometimes to get along with Daniel? Yes? No? Maybe so? You guys are just, you guys, you guys are best friends, right? Best friends, best friends, better than all the rest friends, Right? 
But you know what? Sometimes you just got to get up in the morning and say, God, Daniel's been on my nerves lately. Right, Daniel? God, Sam's been on my nerves lately. God, please help me. You know? I don't know where Lewis Jr. is tonight, but boy, you know, sometimes your son does something, you're like, oh, uh, just want to pull your hair out. God, help me with my son. You know? Mr. Oscar, maybe I should say Miss Raina. Miss Raina, Mr. Oscar drives you nuts sometimes. God, help me with my husband. Okay? Glenn, Don, that never happens. I don't think you guys need to pray about it. I think you guys are the perfect couple, right? <laughs> oh, is that what it is? They're listening to her. But you know what? As a Christian, we got to be what? At the entry of the gates. We got we to gotta start saying, God, I'm, I'm ready. What do you... You know, it's funny. I remember, <laughs> I remember there was a, um, and I'm done. Uh, there was a uh, uh, college when I was a uh, professor at Bible College, and uh, he was he was always you know on top of it with the college students. He noticed the ones that were always goofing off or slacking. And one time he came in, and there was this big project due for the next day. It was called Christian School, and he came in and he noticed probably four or five. I mean, this is a big project. It was like literally like starting a Christian school in your church. And uh, you're going to be doing, they did all the flyers. And this is before computers. But he came in and he noticed four or five guys in in the snack shop area. And he was, and they were dating and they were scoofing off. And so he says, F, 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 and F. Just like that. One guy left the college and never came back after that. But you know what's funny is as Christians, you know, we should be want somebody that's willing to prepare ourselves to say, you know what, I'm just going to keep working at it until God gives me my answer. And God gives me the ability. I'm not going to slack off and do what I want to do. I'm going to be faithful, praying, and consistency. You know, you think about the idea of um, some of the most consistent prayers the Bible talks about. I think about uh, Jacob. The Bible says Jacob wrestled, right? There was a constantly, all night long, he was dealing with it. So, all right. Well, let's close in order of prayer. Let's stand together.